Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wilshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there. We are coming up on our one year anniversary of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Over the last year, we've had hundreds of new subscribers and listeners of the show and over 30,000 downloads, for which I am so grateful. The next four episodes on this podcast, we're doing special throwback episodes of our most downloaded and listened to podcasts. The reason that we're going to be doing these throwbacks is to bring back some important conversations and also to practice what we preach. We talk a lot on this show about focus, creating margin for things that come up, and creating space to do what matters most and focus on our priorities. The Summit of Excellence is our annual event, which is March 1st and 2nd. And so my team and I are going all in on staying committed to creating the most amazing event for our attendees. And so my time is focused on building content for this incredible experience. I hope you enjoy this week's throwback, and we'll be back mid-March for some new content and exciting new series of episodes. Thanks so much for listening. So today is the beginning of a four-part series where I'm going to be going over the four shields of the difficult conversation. So in the last 15 years that I've been working with early childhood leaders, directors, owners, and executive leaders, I've been studying the patterns and behaviors of the way that all of the leaders show up in conversation, specifically in schools. Because one of the things that I'm really obsessed with and committed to in schools of excellence is conversation. Because in any conversation that we have with teachers, directors, parents, we use different shields to protect ourselves. Because as humans, we're wired for safety above all else. Our brain is always looking for safety and self-protection. So when we feel afraid and vulnerable, or we feel exposed, we want to self-protect. So this concept of self-protection or feeling the need of safety really serves you well 
you know, if you're walking in Central Park or alone in Brooklyn, um, where I used to live, um, my brain is constantly looking for anything suspicious, right? My heart rate is up, my palms are sweating, and for good reason, right? I need to be alert because crazy things have gone down on that block before. But when you're meeting with a teacher, danger to your life isn't in the conversation. And yet sometimes the staff or ourselves show up in that capacity. And so in these observations and listening to hundreds of conversations, I came up with the four shields. They're blaming, crying, deflection, and victimhood. These are the four most common shields that school leaders and teachers bring up in conversation when they are struggling. And as a leader, you have a responsibility to understand these and how your team is using it to show up to protect themselves. Because when you can understand this, you're able to look at it from that lens, support them, have their backs, and hold them accountable. Why is it so critical to do this? Because when these things go unchecked, the four shields can become toxic. They exhaust everyone. And finger pointing and all of these things, which isn't fun or productive for anyone, become the name of the game. And then what happens is, as a leader, you avoid any type of confrontation or any type of really hard conversation, as opposed to leaning in, you procrastinate, avoid, and hope it gets better. And these are really hard to approach head on. It can make your stomach filled with butterflies. It could give you massive headaches. It can have you tossing and turning in bed at night, wondering if you said or did the right thing. And it's one of the biggest reasons why I spend so much time on coaching and support calls with the owners and the directors in our circle groups. And on these calls, I'm helping the leaders navigate and script through these difficult conversations because that's probably 80% of what you're doing all day. So today we're going to dive into the first shield, which is blaming. So let's call a spade a spade here and recognize and call out that we all blame, right? We all have different components of blaming people, whether in our head or whether we verbally express it, right? We say things like, oh, the food burned. You know, why did I forget to do that? Or we say things like, who took my car keys or who spilled the milk? Or there's so much traffic here. I should have taken the other bridge. There's all different components of blaming. What's important to remember is that when there's blame, there's no learning. When there's blame, there's no learning. And so in a school of excellence, which is all about growth and innovation and learning, we want to get rid of blame. We want to remove that from our culture. But how? Right? So step one is we need to understand why staff use blame. The first thing is, is blame is a very effective strategy since we were kids, right? When we were had siblings or with our dog or with the neighbors or whatever it is, blaming helps us not take ownership for our mistakes. Think about when you were a teenager, when you were blamed for doing something, right? What did that make you do? When you were blamed, it didn't make you learn anything. It just taught you how to hide your mistakes better next time. And kids learn very quickly, right? Who spilled the sand? Who spilled the milk? Who took my keys? And so they learn very quickly that in order not to get blamed, we just have to hide things better. But in a school of excellence, you want transparency. You want people to take ownership and you want responsibility for actions. And so we want to step back and look at where do we need to get started? So I'm going to share with you three strategies today of removing blame from your culture. Number one is recognizing it within yourself. When are you blaming? When do you find yourself in that game? 
So for me, I find myself in the blame game when I feel very unprotected and uncomfortable with what's going on. When all hell broke loose and everything's exploding and I'm just like, oh my gosh, someone else take responsibility for this. Who can I blame? And in my head, many times, those are the conversations that are happening. And I need to really pause and tell myself, blaming is in the past. When you blame, you're still a child, right? You're sitting in the back seat of a car. If you want to sit in the front seat and you want to drive, you're looking forward, right? You're not in the rear view. You're in the forward-facing part of the car. And being in the forward-facing part of the car means you need to take responsibility. And so it's not about asking who did this, what happened, all of that. And we should be asking reflective questions. What we really want to be saying is, here's what happened. Here's why it's frustrating or disappointing for me. And I want to know what you want to do to make amends and how we're fixing this, right? So we're working on this together, but you as a leader don't have to take all the responsibility for mistakes that are happening. Lean into your staff and ask them, you know, how are you taking responsibility for this, right? This is a mistake that happened. Here's where I'm showing up and taking responsibility. Where are you taking responsibility? So the first strategy is starting just to recognize where are you possibly blaming? Are you blaming in your house, in your marriage, with your parenting, with your leadership? Where are you blaming right now? Because as you start to let go of that, it will start to seep in and have the ripple effect in the other areas of your life that you want to see more accountability and responsibility. You're a school leader who wants tools, resources, and just plain strategies of how to really lead your school and build a school of excellence. Well, I created something called the School Leadership Toolkit, which has over 10 resources covering topics like parent-teacher relationships, difficult conversation, teacher appreciation ideas, and time management, along with to-do list management. Some of the things that you get in the School Leadership Toolkit is how to lead parent-teacher conferences. This is a masterclass training and to show your staff so that they can lead conferences with ease. We have a parent partnership blueprint, which is the step-by-step formula for authentic parent relationships. I have a training on how to get your to-do list done and how to create your calendar for one-on-one meetings with staff. I have tools on how to filter distractions so that you can make the best decisions and reflective questions to ask teachers for goal setting and performance reviews, along with so much more. This mini toolkit is actually just the thing that you need to kick off this amazing school year and give you the confidence and the ability to trust your decision making as you head into another amazing year. Go check it out the link in the show notes or go to hani.me slash toolkit. Step two is judgment and criticism makes it very difficult to think clearly. Because when you are being criticized, you feel cornered into a role and you just want to run for your life. Because judgment in its mental mode limits the ability to take in new data. When you're being judged, you cannot take in new data. Your brain is self-protecting. So you're spending all your energy, all your mental focus on protecting yourself. So you can't learn or think anything. So here are some questions to ask yourself when you see a staff member who's starting to blame other people, right? Like, well, she comes late all the time, or this happened here, or she didn't bring that back, or how come she doesn't have to do this, or it's not my fault that that happened, right? All the blame things. The first thing is, is what information am I missing 
that would help me understand this person's behavior? What information am I missing that would help me understand this person's behavior? Number two, what pressures are they under personally or professionally that is possibly contributing to this? Now, to understand what pressures they're under personally or professionally, this information is very readily available to you if you're conducting regular classroom observations and one-on-one meetings. And the system for classroom observations and one-on-one meetings is part of our Director's Inner Circle program, where we teach the directors how to run regular classroom observations and performance reviews, what to talk about at one-on-ones, how to follow up, how to hold them accountable. And so when you're conducting these regularly, you are aware of the pressures that they're under personally and what's going on in their life. And so it's easier for you to have empathy. It doesn't mean you excuse their behavior. It's easier to have empathy. And number three, what possible structure or policy do you have in your school that might be influencing this behavior? Do you have a culture where people self-protect and you glorify knowing over curiosity and learning? So I'll repeat those three questions. What information am I missing that would help me understand this person's behavior better? What pressures are they under personally or professionally? And is there any structure or policy that you have in place in the school that might be influencing this behavior? When you answer these questions, it helps you get out of judgment mode, which helps the person take in data. Okay, so that's the second strategy. And the final strategy is, as you navigate these conversations, we always want to discuss what we can control, okay? Because when we enter blame mode, we live in the past, which you cannot control, but you can write the future. You could write the next story. That is in your power and control. Is it hard? Oh my gosh. Who said any of this was easy, right? But when the teacher starts blaming, you can reflect back to her and say, What in this situation can you control? What can you take action on? See, that part's harder because then you have to look in yourself and you're like, one second, now I actually have to be accountable. Now I actually have to do something about my poor behavior. And that sucks. It's hard. We don't want to look at ourselves and see that there's a gap or there's a void and we need to fill it. But it's also rewarding because it's like, hey, this is an opportunity for me to step up in better leadership and show up for my people and say, you know, blaming is not excusable. Blaming is not okay here. We are forward thinking. We need to look at the situation. We need to look at what you can control, what you can take action on, what is on your side of the street that you are responsible for, that you can take action on right now. Okay. So let's recap here for a second because. I shared a lot of information here, and I want to slow down for a minute and recap here. Blaming is one of the four shields of a difficult conversation. It's one of the four ways that teachers or parents or directors or whoever show up in conversation when they are afraid, when they are worried about their pride, their ego, their job. They are self-protecting themselves, and this is one of the ways that they do it. Blaming is extremely toxic because it creates this culture of, I don't need to be accountable. Don't blame me. Here's my thousand and one excuses and my story of woe of why I shouldn't be responsible for this. When there's blaming, there's no learning. And so I shared with you those three strategies. One, looking within yourself, where are you possibly blaming? Two, judgment and criticism make it difficult to think clearly. So ask the questions. 
to figure out how you can remove the judgment. And three, focus on what you can control. So if you want more information on blaming and the different shields, in the show notes, we have an excellent resource called Khani.me slash four shields, where you can get a ton more information on blaming on a culture of blame versus a culture of accountability. So that's an incredible resource there for you. We also have in the show notes, our scripts workbook that you can check out as well. That is available for more scripts on how to lead and navigate and plan for these difficult conversations. As always, we always want you to come join us in our Facebook group so we can continue to have the conversation on these four shields. Today was the first episode of the four-part series of Bleem. Next week, we're going to be talking about the second shield of the difficult conversation, which is crying. Thanks so much for joining me in today's episode, and I look forward to seeing you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.